Hey everybody, Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up for this week. And I thought today I would go back a little bit into the archives of Scale Up Your Business. And I thought it was about time that I did an episode that was specifically, let, let, let's just say, back back from where it all began, right? Scale up, scale up your business. So today's episode is the 20 ways to scale, the 20 ways that you can scale your business. It was going to be the 20 ways to scale your business in under 20 minutes, which it might end up being. <laughs> so let's, you know, I don't want to put the pressure on myself by pressing the pressing the um, the timer here on my watch, but let's see how quickly I can get through these things. Uh, a little bit of context before I get into it. This is stuff that I have done in, in multiple years in both corporate and private equity. Uh, I'm going to favor some t- uh, strategies, tactics more than others, depending a little bit on where you are with your business today. So I'm going to call that out a little bit. And I'm not going to go through each one in a hell of a lot of detail. We did not have the time for that. I'm definitely not going to get through 20 minutes of this stuff. It could be like 20 hours, which you'd love, I'm sure. But the good thing is a lot of this stuff I've covered in various ways. But what I haven't done is sort of had a compendium, if you like, of the different things that you can do. Now, the thing with any type of growth strategy or scale-up strategy is yeah, there's lots of nuances, right? So I'm going to give you some of the high-level things, but you know, you can go down and you can break these individual strategies or tactics up into multiple other strategies and tactics. And what I find is that people just get so overwhelmed with stuff. They, they find it so complex. So I thought, you know what? 20 is a manageable number. As you listen to this today, I don't want you to run off and, and you know, say, hey, listen, I'm going to do all 20 in the next, in the next quarter. Take the one, two, or three ideas that you get from this episode, so write them down, and commit to taking action on the three, the three that you think are going to give you the, the best opportunity to progress, to grow, to get some level of success wherever you are in your business today. Okay, some of them are big ideas, some of them are smaller, but I've tried to make this, as I said, as practical as possible for you. Okay, so first off, um, if you are a six-figure business owner to seven-figure, I often say you need to be thinking organically. Ultimately, that's about customers, cash flow, revenue, profitability to some extent. But if you're in that sort of growth phase, you may want to sacrifice some degree of profit so you can invest in revenue growth. But organic stuff is mainly the stuff that you can control, okay? You're you're pulling the levers. You haven't got any other sort of third parties other than some suppliers, if you like, involved in how you do that. Strategic, the stuff that I did a lot of in my private equity world, you absolutely rely on other entities. That could be other entities for capital or investment. It could be because you want a partner. We're going to get into all of that, the acquisitions, the mergers space. The more strategic stuff does have higher risk to it because you are bringing in more external factors, but it has a higher upside. So if you're going from six to seven figures, I often say focus predominantly on the organic. There's a few strategic things you can look at, but focus on the organic. If you're going from seven to eight figures or more, you know, some of the exits I've had have been up to 10 figures, right, in the billions, then you have to pivot and most of your focus is going to be more on the strategic scale up. Okay, there's a really interesting point 
when people sort of go, particularly from that sort of seven to eight figure mark where a lot of my clients are in, where they make these shifts strategically. And a lot of that is about the identity of that business owner, the founder or the founding team to understand what that means. And I contextualize that all the time by saying, think bigger. Okay, so that's where we're coming from. Now, before we get into the content, very quickly, couple of shout outs, my Empire Elite group coaching program, my, my premier scale up program is off and running. It's flying along. We've got 30 businesses in there at the moment. Uh, it's doing really, really well. If you want to join that group, people who are looking to scale up this year in their business, then reach out to me uh, on LinkedIn is probably best. Just say, Nick, um, I want to know more about Empire Elite and I will absolutely get my team to get in touch with you and give you some info. The second thing is we have our Scale to Sale Summit happening this year in Tampa, Florida in the USA. It is September 16th and 17th. This is 2022. And if you would like to attend that again, reach out and say Scale to Sale Summit. Now, for people who join our Empire Elite program, they get a free ticket to Scale to Sale. So we'd like to get everyone together to kind of you know, meet and mastermind and all that sort of stuff but we also have tickets for sale for that event. As I said, it is in Tampa, in Florida, September 16th to 17th, and it's all things scale up and exit, uh, all the stuff that I rant on about all the time. Okay, so let's get into it. What's the first thing you can do? Well, the first thing you can do is you can mix up your marketing. I've done an episode here previously on earned, owned, and paid. So earned is, you know, marketing, awareness, leads that you drive from content. In other words, you're earning that that um, that marketing value from what you put out there through social media, through podcasting, whatever it is. But it's, it's taking your time to get that returned. Owned is the value that you create from your list, your database, your email list, okay? And if you effectively understand how to manage that list and how to go and prospect within that list, that is one of the most valuable things that a business can have. And when I go and buy businesses, I look at the value of their list as one of the premium things, okay? Paid is the last piece. That's where you're looking at advertising, you're looking at some affiliates, all that sort of thing. You're actually paying for awareness leads that as opposed to time. So it's money over time. But the key thing here about mixing up your marketing is most people have one lane that they play more than they should. They might be spending too much of their time on advertising. They're not doing enough on earned or social. They might be doing too much on social because they don't think they can afford to invest in paid. Mixing up your marketing and having a more broader approach to how you drive leads and, and get people aware of what you're doing is one of the ways that you can absolutely scale and it's well and truly within your control and easy to do. You can leverage and do all sorts of cool things around that. Okay, so that's the first piece. Second is pricing. Pricing, the simplest thing to look at is your pricing. A lot of people are really scared to increase prices. They think that they're going to lose all their customers and they don't usually have a good understanding of the true value that they provide. Okay, so most people I know out there are usually undervaluing. And some people come into my world haven't increased their prices for like years, like like multiple years. So 
you've got to look at it, particularly in this day and age where inflation and you've got all sorts of things going on, prices are going up. So you've got to look at it, but you've got to look at it through the lens of the value you provide, not just an arbitrary decision to increase price. Nothing worse than just saying, oh, I'm going to increase my prices by 20%, 30%, 50%, 100% and not having thought through the impact. Okay, so you should do some work, some metrics, look at the return you're going to get from that decision and any of the risks. And the last thing I'll say here is once you make a decision, own the decision, right? Own the decision. Be, be you know, brave enough to take that risk, okay? That's number two. Number three, have a look at your customer base and have an idea of the dimension within that customer base of where the value is coming from in terms of revenue and profit. So you are going to have some customers that are, you know, there's lots of them in your ecosystem potentially, but they're not the ones that are driving high levels of value for you. So if you've got a product that is a cheaper product, lots of people buy it, that's great. You know, it brings in, brings in predictable revenue for you, but it may not be the, prof, the, the product that's driving all your profit. So you might have something up the, up the line, which, which, you know, you've got a customer who's, who's of a higher level of value to you. Perhaps they've gone through all the products and services in your ecosystem, right? And they're creating what is called a very, very attractive lifetime value for your business in terms of how you're growing. So the, the quickest thing to do, we used to call this market or customer segmentation back in the day, where you would have a look at all the people that you're trying to attract. You've got your target niche, but you've got you know sort of different parts within that niche and have a look at the ones that are driving the highest levels of revenue and profit, but maybe not buying very often. And then have a look at the ones that are buying all the time, but they're buying at a lower value than what you know, some of your other offerings are presenting. And just by understanding that can then make you think about what strategy to adopt. So some businesses go after high volume. They go after, you know, literally they're selling hundreds of products or services per day at a very, very low price point, And they've got hundreds and thousands of customers. Other businesses might only have a small number of customers, like 10, but there's a higher value to them. And when you're thinking about growing and scaling, you may want to diversify a little bit. You may want to try and bring in more of those higher value customers, or you may want to go out there and build something which is more of a volume play. Okay, makes sense. So this is, you know, marketing 101 to some extent, but it's all about that customer segmentation piece. Okay, number four, you can broaden your niche and you can go after a new market segment. But I say here, be careful not to dilute your brand and your positioning. A brand is one of those things that takes a long time to build up. I often say it's the oven that takes a while to heat up and when it's hot, it stays hot for a long time. However, you can do things that can damage your brand by diluting your brand and then it doesn't actually stand for anything. Okay, so when I say broaden your niche, you want to do that when you feel that you have an ability to do so. But I wouldn't say this is the first thing you should look at. Okay, if particularly if there is value to go for in the niche that you already have, just by going deeper into it. Okay, number five, negotiate your way up and down your value chain. So this is where you have suppliers, um, commercial terms with those suppliers. You can, you can dramatically boost profitability by literally looking at where you are spending money to create your product or service, how you go to market, and changing those out, swapping new ones in, negotiating everything, and you can actually increase your profit 
huge. I've seen people increase their profit 100% or more by doing this, right? I've done it when I used to go into the private equity businesses I was turning around and I would absolutely go in there and, you know, look at every line item in the in the um, profit and loss statement and see where we could make savings, but not just make savings, look to where we could increase value or increase service. So that's the watch out here. If you are going to try and increase growth and scale through this technique, through this strategy, you want to make sure that you're not going out there and making a decision which is going to have a longer term harmful effect on your business because that's actually degrading value. All right. Number six, you can look at your brand and you can create sub brands, particularly around things like products. Okay. Or I'll give you an example here of businesses and products. So if you look at um, a group like the Volkswagen group, the car group, they actually own a whole heap of different brands. Some of you will know this, some of you will not, but no, will not know. But they own the Audi brand, they own the Skoda brand, they own the Sayet brand, as well as the Volkswagen brand. I think they even still have the Lamborghini brand, right? If you get into a Lamborghini, certainly back in the day when I used to drive around, uh, it looked like an Audi in some ways, right? So I'm not sure if they still do. But the point here is, They've got different brands positioned at different market segments up and down the chain. So some are more premium, some are more accessible. But the back-end build of these products is coming from the same factories. So certain components of those cars are being made in the same factories, even though the label that is going to be put on them in the future is going to be different. So, So if you've got a business that's very, very strong in one particular sector, in one market segment, you can actually take your product or service and you can create a, a different brand, a sub-brand in a different market um, and then or targeting a different market and that can be a way of driving growth, okay? Very, very valuable way of thinking about things because you're not really increasing your product or service costs but you are increasing your branding or your marketing but that can be a lower cost overall. Okay, aligned to that, number seven, is you can take your product or service and instead of creating your own sub-brand, you can sell it through another channel, you can white label it if you like, through another channel where someone is taking exactly what you've created and they are just putting their brand and their name on it. Okay, so this is a great one to do and it's one of the ones that comes into sort of just generally partnering. But if you can go into a new market where there is a customer base but that brand is really, really strong in that market, there's no point you trying to launch in that market if you can go in through a supplier or something else or potentially even a competitor. It might be a quicker channel to market. You are going to give up some value in order to do it but it might actually be a quicker way of doing it and a less costly way and creating and creating an opportunity to scale quicker. Okay, so very similar to sub-brands, but white labeling. The whole idea of that is that your product or service is represented under a different brand, but it's the same product or service. Okay, that's the key thing you need to understand from both of those, those strategies. Okay, some basic ones now. Number eight, okay, following up your leads. <laughs> I'm not joking, following up your leads. Okay, I, I know so many people <laughs> they, they spend all this money on sales and marketing and then they 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 literally just look you know at the, at the first results they're getting from that activity and then they've got all these leads and they just forget about them because they're so focused on chasing the new lead right you have to have a process for follow up like i remember i was looking in one of my businesses and we'd done all this work in marketing and we had 135 leads just sitting there and 
And we were focused on getting new leads, new leads. Oh, these new leads aren't converting, whatever. And I said, well, hold on. Let's just have a look at what's going on here. And we looked at the data and we, we found this 135 that were quite new, right? And no one had done any follow-up. And I'm like, what's going on here, right? So we had to make a, a, a few changes <laughs> to the processes, the systems and the people. But, but the point being here is make sure that you understand the value that's in the leads that have not been followed up and have a process. Is it a direct follow-up straight away once someone um, shows intent or is it a, a, a staged follow-up? I have some emails, for example, uh, that maybe some of you know this, that, that go out seven or eight times to make sure that things don't get missed in someone's inboxes. Okay, so very, very basic. But when you're trying to grow and scale, sometimes it's the basic things as much as the more comprehensive things that are going to get you there. All righty. Number 10, similar to, to what we just said with number eight, go back and look at your database and look at how much value in terms of old leads, old customers, what I call latent value is sitting in your database. Similar to following up leads that you might have gotten in the last few days, weeks, or months, go back and look over the last 12 to 18 months at customers that have moved on, aren't working with you anymore, leads that came in, people that are still engaging with the stuff that you may be putting out there. You might be sending out a weekly or a monthly email and people are still opening it up. Are you reaching out to them? Are you getting your sales team to go and speak to them? Are you asking how their business is going? Now, remember, any of this stuff doesn't have to be a direct sales approach and making an offer, it can absolutely just be to engage and to find out and to fact find and get some information through research, okay? It can be all these things. But if you're not going after what you have immediately in your ecosystem, okay, then you're missing out massively on opportunities that are just there without even having to spend a heap of money to go out there and, and get new inquiries and new levels of interest, okay? So as I said at the beginning of this podcast, there's stuff right right out there now that I know you're probably not doing. And as a result, you're leaving money on the table. Okay. So all of these are ways of scaling. Okay. Some of them are more about driving, you know, growth, immediate growth, but most of these are about this incremental scale up. Alrighty. Now let's have a look at a number 10, I believe we're up to, which is leverage. Okay. Leveraging capabilities to be specific. So what is core in your business what is something that you have to do because it's the fundamental, it's the foundation of your business versus what is something that you can hire in or you can outsource, okay? Now, remember, we're talking about scale up and we're talking about doing it quickly and sometimes building a team embedded in your culture, driving the right behaviors, that's part of scale up, but you can sometimes get a quicker result by bringing in that person who's the pinch hitter, the, the sniper, the, the absolute all-star, right? And you've got to balance that. So leveraging and understanding where to leverage and how is super important. Now, I've done this again in one of my businesses recently. We had to inject some very, very high-level marketing into this business. I brought in four experts in specific areas to come in there and literally give this business a jolt. Now, I could have gone out there and hired a you know, a CMO or whatever else, you know, I could have done all these different things, but it would have taken probably months to get the right person. I needed a result within days and weeks. Okay. So that's what I mean. The quicker you can move, the more agility you can, you can drive, the quicker the pace, the quicker the results. Again, this is the stuff we do in private equity, which is absolutely um, accessible to anyone has a small or medium business. Okay. Number 11, and there's no way I would have done this in 20 minutes. <laughs> We're at the 20 minute mark now, but I'm going to fly through these last ones. All right, number 11, bundling value 
to your existent, existing product or service offering. Okay, very, very simple one. Like I said, with my program, I mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast episode, Empire Elite. If you join Empire Elite, you also get a ticket to the Scale to Sale Summit. Okay, so we bundle a couple of different products there together to increase the value of just the of the what I call the existing product or service. So the group coaching program we do is excellent, but we want to put more value around it because it increases the value of the whole offering. Okay, so have a look at that. The secret here is not to put all of your core products together and trying to you know create something that you can then discount. The key thing here is about adding small levels of incremental value, which, if you like, makes the whole proposition more attractive, but at the same time isn't costing you a lot of money, but the value equation is increasing versus the price. Okay? Really, really important to understand that different dimension. Number 12, creating new products or service. A nice and simple one, but I put this one down towards the middle because it's not always easy to go out there and do research, um, come up with different wants and needs for your, your audience or your avatar, but it's an important part as you scale up. And the way I like to think about this is by asking a couple of questions. So what does your ideal client want or need in addition to your core offering? And or where else are they spending their money? Okay. Quite often someone who buys a product or a service is buying adjacent or complementary products or services. Your job is to have a look at what those are and then you can decide whether you build, you know, you buy them in or your partner to create those new products or services. Okay, but the, the idea is to have them. Okay, now within that, I also believe that the fastest way to scale is to build your products or services in what is called an ascension model. Okay, or an ascension model within your product and service ecosystem. Okay, so what am I talking about here? Well, in ours, again, I'll just use ours as an example. People come to us to learn about acquisitions. So we have at the very, very beginning of the journey, you know, go out there and learn how to buy businesses. In some cases, buying an existing business is easier than starting one. Okay, so we have the Empire Creation Accelerator. People come in, they buy that. If they then want to do that with more precision, they want to get more expertise, they want to think about not just the acquisition, but the, the value build and the scale up, we have Empire Elite. Okay, and then for people who go through that and they start to build a, a sizable um, set of businesses or, or, or a big business in its own right and they want to exit that business, then they can join our mastermind. Okay, and that's very specifically about the pathway to exit. Okay, so if you think about what I've done there, there are, there's, a, there's a, an ascension to how people work with scale up your business. They can buy a business through acquisitions, they can learn to scale it with precision through Empire Elite, and then they can learn how to sell that business, create that life changing exit through our mastermind, okay? That's an ascension model. So if someone comes in and they want to join your business, you want to have something that's high value but low cost, low fee for them to come in, and then you want to bring them through so that you make the majority of your profit up the chain in the core offers or even in the services or some of the other things that you're doing later on, okay? That's what an ascension model is. Okay, number 14, an easy one in principle, but not always easy to do <laughs> in practice, and that is geographical geographical expansion. Could be domestic, you know, in the country that you're in. It could be going overseas. But if you've got a really, really clear niche of who you're targeting, and that's a global niche, it makes sense to be able to go and find them. Now, the easiest way to expand geographically is to follow someone online. You know, obviously, basically use technology and digital to be able to sell products and services through that um, that medium. 
But, you know, once you've done that or you've created a market in another country, you may want to then open up an office or acquire a, a, a company there to have that beachhead. But either way, expanding geographically, thinking globally, not locally, is another way of scaling. Okay, now again, similar to some of the points I made beforehand, you don't want to be going and jumping ahead of yourself with some of this stuff. So you don't want to be going out there and, you know, trying to broaden your niche without going deep into your niche first. But it is important to think about it as a way of creating that expansion, that scale. Okay, number 15, distribution, distribution partnerships. So selling your product through new retail outlets, selling your product online, selling your product via affiliates. Similar to what we mentioned beforehand about going out there and creating, you know, sub brands or finding, you know, white labeling your product service. But where else, where else can you put your product or service where that service is complementary to someone else's product or service? Where is it that you can actually go and do that? Now, it happens a lot here in the UK with the sort of mobile phone markets. You might have uh, O2, for example, in the UK or 3 has its own sort of mobile um, setup and company, but they'll sell their their um, uh, you know, their products, their services through like another supplier like Carphone Warehouse, okay, a distributor who has a bundle of brands within that entity and then they're selling to a customer base, which is the same customer base. But all you're doing is giving up a bit of your margin to increase your distribution, okay? So it's important to think about that. What I tend to do in most of my businesses is have a, a core channel where I can control that channel and I can take the majority of the margin, but then I'll have a number of affiliate partners where I'm giving up a certain percentage of the margin, but it's increasing the scale and the size of my distribution. Okay, so even though I'm making less money per transaction, because of the volume that's coming from those entities, it's increasing the overall revenue and profit that I'm making. Cool? Okay, so... Now we want to get into the more strategic. So probably what you've got a sense of here is I've started off with some simple things and we're starting to get a little bit more complex and we're starting to get into the things, if I'm honest, a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners shy away from. All right, so let's let's get into that. It, we'll start off easy and then we'll get into the really fun ones, certainly the ones I think are fun. Okay, so number 16 is partnerships in general partnering to get new products or services into your business, to enter new markets, to find new customers, uh, to, to create brand synergy. Like, you know, for example, when Apple and Nike joined up. So, you know, you've got the Apple Watch being sold with a, with a Nike brand. You know, it's the Nike Apple Watch. That's a, a partnership where the brands align. Okay, so going out there and partnering is the, the first most basic form of strategic scale up. Okay, so if you're going out there and controlling things through your your own marketing and sales, you absolutely have to think about partnering. The whole idea of the one plus one equals 11. Who can I get close to because they're going to add something to me in a quicker, more precise way than I can do myself? Okay, so have a look at this. If you're not partnering, if most of your revenue is coming from, you know, going after one customer at a time organically, then you're absolutely missing out and it doesn't matter what size of business. Okay. That's the first one. Now, a more a more complex partnership is a joint venture. That's when two companies come together, usually to create close to what is a 50-50 new entity. It's not always 50%, 50%, but the intention is usually that. So you are creating, in some cases, a new company where 
the idea of your resources are going to be shared in an equal way and the value is going to be shared in an equal way. Now, joint ventures are great, really, really good if you want to go after a new geography or a new market, but they can be more complex. They do involve more legality, more financial um, scrutiny, therefore higher risk. So my view with joint ventures is you really want to go after that if the prize is worth going after. Okay. Number 18, we're almost there, home straight, merging. Merging with a competitor, merging with a supplier, uh, another business that operates in your market, merging you know, to, to effectively go after a customer segment. Now, with merging, you do give up value, okay? So quite often what will happen is, you know, it's basically two companies coming together to form one company. And depending on the, the way that company is structured, the equity of the business is split by the value of the businesses at the point of where they come together. So if one business is 70% more valuable than the other one, the equity in the in the merged business, if you like, or that merged entity is gonna be 70-30, all right? So in some cases you can do reverse mergers and all this sort of stuff, it all depends. So it's not as, as simplified as maybe as I just made it sound. But, you know, the whole idea is that you are, you know, back to my one plus one equals 11, you're bringing something together either to go after a bigger opportunity or to mitigate risk. Okay, so I did a, a podcast recently on scale matters now more than ever, particularly as the markets are changing, the world's changing politically, economically. Sometimes merging to create scale is going to give you longevity. Sometimes merging is going to get you to move quicker, okay, to take market share and things like that. Okay, 19, acquisitions. Like it had to be in there somewhere, right? <laughs> acquisitions, buying your competitors, buying your suppliers, buying in capability, buying in revenue and profit to create a higher value business, buying market positioning, buying a geography again. There's a, there's a lot of sort of overlap, if you think, between these different strategies and tactics today. But if you are a seven-figure business, you have to be looking at acquisitions. You have to be looking at acquisitions. It's like, like it, right now, you <laughs> there's, there's massive reward, but there's also massive risk. And, you know, I've said it enough, so I'm not going to go through it. You know what it means. But if you want to double the size of your business overnight, you know, if you want to move into a geography, if you want to do all the stuff that can be so painful if you try and do it organically, learn this stuff, right? Learn it and apply it and you are going to get to your end game so much more quicker, okay? Number 20, which is the extension on acquisitions, which is the roll-up. The roll-up effectively is multiple acquisitions creating a group structure, and if you're going to go down that route, you know, you're really looking for a big end game. You're looking for a private equity exit. You might be looking for an IPO in the future. But if you look at it, you know, if you just, I always say, get to the 30,000 feet. If you look at the 30,000 foot view and you see what the big guys are doing, the big companies, the Apples, the Amazons, all this sort of stuff, right? I think it was today I read that Amazon had just bought um, MGM or something like that. Uh, there was over 100 acquisitions that Apple did in the last 12 months. You know, this, these are effectively roll-ups. They're buying in things because it's much quicker to bring those things in to try and do it organically. So now this stuff, you know, the acquisitions and the roll-ups, I do say they're not necessarily for the smaller businesses. So if you are that six-figure business, the organic strategies are where you should play right now. But it doesn't take long. It doesn't take long to get into that seven-figure mark. And that's where some of these more aggressive, assertive, higher, higher value build ideas and options should be open to you. Okay. Whew, 20. <laughs> There's 20 in there. Okay. And it's probably not the complete list. But as I said, 
you know, take three away and apply them. You know, it's more about the application of these ideas than it is anything else. Okay. I'll give you a bonus one, a bonus number 21. If you want to scale super quick, systemize everything. Okay. Make sure that you understand the join ups in your business. Make sure that you have the right people in the right sis and the right seats. You have the right processes. Okay. So systemize everything. That's one of the key things when people transition from startup to scale up. And it's the one thing that makes the biggest difference. So I'm, you know, I could have added it as, as one, but I thought, you know what? It kind of applies to almost each of the 20 points. So it's a bonus that is just there to bring it all together. Alrighty. That is it. It has taken me 32 minutes. <laughs> to get through that list. I hope this is useful. As I said from the very beginning, you know, this is a bit of a, a walk or a run or a sprint down memory lane. You know, I started Scale Up Your Business talking about different scale up strategies. I've done so many episodes on these individual tactics. This is a compendium and probably some of my more recent views on the things to focus on. And these are the things that, as I said from the outset, I've done or am doing in my businesses. And this is what I advise the people that join my programs, that I mentor, that I coach as well. So it's the, the stuff that works and it's the stuff that's going to work for you too. Hope you enjoyed this. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, Click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.